good morning, good morning. Make a joyful noise to the Lord Cathedral of Faith. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him, bless His name. For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all the generations. Come on. Sing with us. He has done. 
to cast your mind on the great work that our Savior has done for us on the cross.
cathedral family. God is good. And all the time, wherever you're at, joining us on site or online, if you're out here at the amphitheater with me, what a beautiful morning God's given to us. Out there in the parking lot, inside in the sanctuary, or online or at one of our campuses, I'm so glad that you've joined us today. You've made space to come and meet God's grace in this moment to give God the glory that he deserves and allow our lives to be transformed in the process. As, as we celebrate, we celebrate as a church family. In fact, we have the privilege right now of celebrating with us a baptism. And the Bible says that all heaven rejoices in this kind of moment. And so before we go into the waters of baptism, angels about to go into that water, I want us to affirm what we believe together, certain truths that are essential, that anchor our souls today. Can we declare this together, the Apostles' Creed? If we can bring that up, that would be fantastic. Here we go. All right, everybody declare it with me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. But on the third day, he rose again from the dead. Can somebody say amen? He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen and amen and amen. This is what we believe. Angel, it's sure great to be with you today. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? You've surrendered your life to him. Upon that confession of faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Down with the old and up with the new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We serve an awesome God, a good God. We celebrate his goodness today. Before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them, we serve a good God. Go ahead and do that. We serve a good God. Hello, Cathedral of Faith family, and happy Sunday. Today, Pastor Ken is continuing our series, Cathedral at the Movies. We're taking a look at Jurassic World. I even heard there's dinosaurs on campus, so be on the lookout. If this is your first time, welcome. We would love the opportunity to get to know you better. Scan the QR code that's on the screen, send us a text, or pick up a paper card from one of our frontline team members. We'd also love to meet you after service if you have a few minutes out in the amphitheater on the lawn. Come out, say hi, and enjoy a free cup of coffee. Next Saturday, we're having our first ever flower design workshop. One of our fabulous members has offered to come in and teach us how to make a beautiful floral arrangement that you can take home with you. Sign up on our website. There is a small fee for materials, but come out and have a great time. In September, we have a lot of fun things coming up. International Day, Walk for Little Feet, and Back to Church Sunday. So be sure to follow us on social media or check our website for the latest and greatest information. Well, Cathedral, that's all I have for today. I hope you have the most amazing week. Well, good morning, Cathedral family. It's so great to be part of the family of God. Amen? So whether you are fortunate enough to live close to your blood family 
or you're like Diane and me who moved across country to fulfill the purposes of God, this is our family. We have the same Heavenly Father who's shaping us and forming us and making us to be a place that reflects His love and glory. And congratulations to Angel who just joined the family through baptism. Let's just give God thanks for His amazing work in us. Well, as summer ends and fall comes about, you know, first service was like, oh, I guess you guys like having fall come around. As summer ends and fall comes about, it's that time of year when everybody's ready to go to the next level. They go to the next grade, the next level of maturity, the next God, place of God's purposes. And we want to take a moment to pray God's blessing and strength, especially as this new school year begins. So if you're a student in elementary, middle, high school, grad school, college, if you work in education anyway as a teacher, administrator, coach, crossing guard, bus driver, aide, homeschool parent, if you work in education or if you're going to go to school, I'm going to invite you to stand for just a moment. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We, we want to pray God's blessing on you in this new season. Lord, thank you for each of these as they walk into this next level of growth, whether a student or working through education. Bless them. Let them know that you are sending them there for your glory, to teach them, to use them, to make a difference. Lord, all of us have somewhere in our life where someone through education touched our lives and shaped us. And I just pray that blessing on all those who serve. That Lord, even as you said, when we've done it to the least of these, we've done it to you. That sometimes even the most irritating, frustrating students may be the very one you placed us there for. Bless each of those who've been called to education to serve you. Bless each of our students as they grow to the next level. We all want to discover and know the purpose you have for us and fulfill it completely. So bless them and encourage them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's hear for educators again. All right. God has a purpose for you in that school and in that place, and may God bring it to pass. And speaking of purpose, that's one of the things we're so strongly committed to here at Cathedral of Faith, helping you find God's purpose for your life, because he has a plan for you. And this coming weekend, Saturday, August 20th, we have a true identity workshop. It's a special workshop to help you discover who God made you to be, what he has for you. You can see it up on the screen Saturday from 2.30 to 5.30 at the Reaching Out Center. You can go online to register or you can um, go to Eventbrite. It's a good place for you to discover who you are. And whether you're 18 years old or 88 years old, it's never too late to say, God, what's the next season look like for me? So we hope that you'll join us for that. Well, yesterday I had the privilege to join with a family of our church who's been here for many years as we celebrated and honored the life of Isabel Amato. Isabel's been part of this church since the mid-60s, and she always sat right over here on the second and third row, and she was there faithfully every week, and now she's in the presence of her Lord and Savior rejoicing. But there's a story I want to tell you about Isabel. She'd gone through some tough things in her life, and you know she was here faithfully every week. And one week in service, a gentleman, well, she caught his eye. And he was sitting about five rows back. And the next week, he was sitting four rows back. And the next week, he was three rows back. And then the next week, he was two rows back. And then the next week, he was in the row behind her. Then, guess what happens the week after that? He's sitting on the same row just a little further down. Now, in those days, Pastor Kitty would always have us in the service take hands across the aisles and pray. You know, this is before COVID. And so what happened is he said, let's take hands. And Joe grabbed Isabel's hand. They were married for 18 years. And at age 99, he was the king of the prom here, and she was the queen of the prom. So I'm just saying, yeah, we're the family of God, but you might find some other family here too. <laughs> just saying, 
So be here every Sunday and move closer to the front, and who knows what God will do, okay? Well, John 15, chapter 11, we read these words. Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. One of God's plans is for us to have the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace working in us. And what Jesus is telling us in this passage is the way that it happens is by obeying him, by doing what he calls us to do. And one of those things is to be generous and to give and that's why in this moment, we make it available to you every week to receive the joy of the Lord through the joy of giving. You can do that online. You can go to the app. You can text the number on the screen. Those of you watching at home, we're glad to have you with us. You can write out a check and mail it to us and, or drop it by the church office. This is your chance that your joy would be full and complete. Let's just give God thanks again for his faithfulness. Amen. Well, I've got a question for you. What do you get when you cross a bishop with a pastor? You get an amazing young man of God who loves Jesus and ministers in the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's welcome Irvin as he comes to minister this time. Good morning, Cathedral. I need y'all to dance with me today. We're going to praise God for one more day, man. Yeah. Come in. Hey. Yeah. Up before the alarm, sunlight replacing the stars, finding my phone in the dark, putting my life on restart. So many places to go, ask me what's best, I don't know. It's hours and hours you made, and I know it's gonna be straight. One more day, I believe, I believe, I believe that it's gonna be all okay with you. What's next? Oh, how much time I got left? Hourglass, I feel the same. But I know it's all in your hands. There is no me, only us. And only in you I would trust. Go by the fear and the doubt. And only your love reason now. One more day. I believe, I believe, I believe that it's gonna be all okay with you.
Dr. Grant, my dear Dr. Sattler, welcome to Jurassic Park. see during the pandemic I've been moonlighting a lot and uh, welcome to Cathedral at the movies we're in a series yeah we're, we're looking at some of the blockbuster films of the year what their themes are and then what the Bible has to say about those themes now last week we looked at Top Gun and the the topic of ambition how do we handle ambition now this week we want to look at a theme that's found in the most recent Jurassic Park movie. Now, this is the sixth movie in that series. And I have to admit, I've seen all of them, some of them more than once, because ever since I was a kid, I have loved dinosaurs. Did anybody else love dinosaurs as a kid? I, I mean, I saw this one uh, picture of, um, of, a, of a, a, this dad took a picture of his kid and he posted it and here's what he said. He said, I got distracted for five seconds when I hear my son saying, look dad, I'm the lawyer from Jurassic Park. <laughs> and I totally identify with that kid. I've always loved dinosaurs and sure enough, so when the movies came out, I was there. I saw Jurassic Park when it first came out in 1993. And then I saw Jurassic Park, The Lost World. And then I saw Jurassic Park 3. I guess they ran out of names, so they gave it a number. And then I saw Jurassic World. They didn't use park anymore. It was too grand for that. Now it became a world. And then I saw Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. It sounds like the Raiders for the last 20 years. We have been a fallen kingdom. And then I saw the most recent film, and it's Jurassic World Dominion. Dominion. Say that with me. Dominion. And that's what I want you to think with me about over these next few minutes together. The topic of dominion. What does it mean for human beings to have dominion? Now, for this topic, we have to go all the way back, maybe not as far back as dinosaurs, but all the way back to the creation of human beings. Whenever you bring a subject like this up, on a side note, let me say, maybe you have a question. Pastor Ken, how do dinosaurs fit in with the Bible? Perhaps you took a class in college, a science class, and they were talking about dinosaurs and they talked about, did you know dinosaurs lived in the Bay Area for, for a long time? In fact, I found a picture of two of them with their cell phones right here. A T-Rex said, oh, forget it. All our selfies are just close-ups of our nostrils. They got those little arms. But you go to science class, and then you read your Bible, and you wonder, how do dinosaurs fit in? Well, let me say that we can't be certain about it because the Bible doesn't really speak about dinosaurs. Remember, the, dino, the Bible's not a book about dinosaurs. The Bible's a book about God and his love for human beings. But there are at least a couple of ways that dinosaurs fit into the scriptures. One of the ways has to do with, well, there are people of faith, good people of faith, who believe that the earth is young, that the Bible suggests that the earth is young, that it's thousands of years old, and that man and dinosaurs coexisted at the same time. But at some point, something happened. Maybe it was the flood, and it led to the extinction of dinosaurs, and that's why they're not around anymore. Now, there are other people of faith, good people of faith, who believe that the Bible makes room for an older earth, that the earth is millions of years old, and that this is how God created the earth. And, well, that dinosaurs existed before human beings. They were created, and for some reason they went extinct. So whether you are a person who believes the earth is young or the earth is old, the most important thing to know is that God is the one who created the earth and that there's room for dinosaurs in God's good creation. 
Now let's come back, amen. Let's give God praise, amen. There really is. That brings us back, though, to the topic of today, and this is what I want to really focus on, this idea of dominion. And so I'm going to invite you, wherever you're at, if you'd stand with me, we're going to read the Word of God together in Genesis chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, you can open them to Genesis chapter 1. But I invite you, whether you're on-site or online, if you would read this out loud together with me. Everybody, God said... Now let's make humans who will be like us. They will rule. Let me stop right there. And whenever you see the the, the word rule, another way of translating that is have dominion, okay? So they will rule or have dominion over all the fish in the sea and the birds in the air. They will rule over all the large animals and all the little things that crawl on the earth. So God created humans in his own image. He created them to be like himself. He created them male and female. And it continues. God blessed them and said to them, have many children, fill the earth and take control of it. Rule, say that with me. Rule, say it again. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air. Rule, say it with me. Rule over every living thing that moves on the earth. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment in time. Thank you for all of these wonderful people, cathedral family and friends, guests that are here today. They've made space for your grace to meet them in this moment. And I pray that in these next few minutes that we have together, that we'll hear the one thing we need to hear. There'll be a lot of things said But God, let us hear that one word from you that we can take and apply it to our lives. And we can be changed. This week can be different for me because I've met you in this moment. God, let it happen. Let it start with me. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's give God praise again for his word. Amen. Amen. I know who I am. Say it with me. I know who I am. Before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them, I know who I am. Go ahead. I've been made to have dominion. To walk in dominion and exercise authority. I heard about this one man who was, uh, he was the governor and he was running for re-election. And he got they're late to a barbecue that was taking place and he was super hungry. So he goes to the line and the lady gives him one piece of chicken and he asks for more. And she said, I'm sorry, it's only one piece of chicken per person. And he says, but I'm really hungry. And she said, one per customer, sir. And so he decided to throw his weight around a little bit. And he said, do you know who I am? I'm governor of this state. And she said, do you know who I am? I'm the lady in charge of the chickens, so move on. (laughs) See? She knew who she was. And she knew what she was in charge of. And that is what I want us to think about. Do you know who you are? Do you know who, what you're in charge of? This idea of dominion and exercising authority. So the first idea has to do with this delegated dominion. Let's create a framework that we have delegated dominion. In ancient days, what kings would do is this. They would create an image of themselves. And then they would place that image around their empire. And they would put one over here and put one over here and then put one over there. And Everywhere they put their image, it represented their presence and their power and their authority and their rule. It represented them. And what does God do? God creates us in his image. And then he puts us over here and over here and over here and over there. And he says, I want you to represent my presence and my power and my authority and my rule. I want you to represent me. Do you know who you are? Do you know what you are in charge of? 
God has created you to rule with him and to rule under him. Of course, the world does not belong to us. It belongs to God. Psalm 24, verse one, reads this way. It says, the earth belongs to the Lord, and so does everything in it. The world belongs to him, and so do all who live in it. The earth belongs to the Lord, and everything in it. Amen. It doesn't belong to me. It's an important way to think about the world. I, I, my wife and I, we went on vacation with the grandkids down to Southern California a while back, and we asked the, the son of our youth pastor to come and watch over our house while we were gone. And so he said he would. He was going to watch over. He was going to rule our house while we were gone. Now, we also have a dog, and the dog's name is Angus, and our dog actually looks a little bit like a dinosaur. You can see this is Angusaurus right up here. And so that's what we did. We went away. He managed the house, and when we came back, you can't believe the condition of the house. Here it is right up here. I mean, it was an absolute mess. It was a disaster. I mean, it just... I didn't have words. It was just, now, of course, I'm making a joke. He didn't really do that to our house. He was an awesome manager of our house. But can you imagine that you go away and you leave someone in charge of your house and you come back and the couch is overturned and the windows are broken and he puts a shoe through your television. Nobody puts a shoe through my television. And so you walk up to him and you say, hey, man, what's up with this? And he says to you, well, I decided to ruin my house. And you say, time out. I think there's been a misunderstanding. This isn't your house. This is my house. And when God sets us in the world, the world doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. And so God sets us in the world to manage the world, to be good stewards of the world that he's made. But we have a very high position, a very high place in creation. In a way, we're to serve as kings and queens in the creative order. In fact, C.S. Lewis says this about human beings in his book, Weight of Glory. He says, there are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Do you know who you are? Do you know what you're in charge of? God has given you dominion that you're to walk with authority to rule the world with him and to rule the world under him. Now, what would that look like for us this week? Let's drill down deep. How can we get practical in the application of this? Well, I'm going to give you three thoughts just to get you going in that direction. And the first one has to do with creation care. One of the ways we exercise dominion is through creation care. Now, when you move to Genesis chapter 2, it takes kind of a deep dive into the creation of mankind. And in Genesis chapter 2, we read this, that the Lord forms the man of the dust from the ground. He breathes into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man becomes a living being. The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. Then the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. Another translation reads, to cultivate it and take care of it. Take care of it. Say that with me. Take care of it. God sets you in a garden to take care of it. And that's why as people of faith, we take care of of the world that God has placed us into. That's why we take care of forests, or we take care of natural resources, or we take care of the, the wildlife. It goes all the way back to creation, that God puts us in charge, and he says, take care of the environment that I've put you in. We don't worship the environment. The environment isn't divine. 
Instead, we worship the God who created the environment. God created the world. And then he set us in it, and he put us in charge of it. The environment is not in charge of us. We are in charge of the environment. But God sets us in the garden to take care, good care of the garden, so that human beings can flourish and the garden can flourish also because the garden will not take care of itself. Let me say that again. The garden will not take care of itself, so God puts us in the garden to take care of it. And here's the question I want you to think about. What corner of the garden has God placed you in? And how could you take care of that part of the garden this week? Maybe it has to do with picking up litter on a trail. Or perhaps it's painting over the graffiti on a fence. Or maybe it's recycling some of your plastics. Or maybe it involves fixing your cat. You need to fix your cat because cats are evil. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we all know that we're in a drought. And, uh, and I read something that I'm actually going to do this week. Uh, normally, when I wash vegetables over the sink, I let the water run. And I wash the vegetables while the water is running. But I read that I can conserve water by using a bowl. If I put water in the bowl and then rinse the vegetables in the bowl that I will be able to save some water. And so that's what I'm gonna do this week. That's how I'm gonna put this into practice. I guess first I have to buy some vegetables. <laughs> do french fries count as vegetables? <laughs> but then I'm gonna bring them home and I'm gonna wash them in the bowl. And when someone asks me, what are you doing? Are you just trying to conserve water? I'm gonna say, no, actually, I'm exercising my authority because God has created me to take care of the garden. Can we give God praise, amen, for who he is and what he's put us in charge of? As Christians, we have a good, healthy understanding of how we relate to the world around us. Now, that's one idea. Here's another idea, and this one may feel a little painful. I call it, we take dominion by taking charge of ourselves, or what I call appetite suppressant, an appetite suppressant. So, in Genesis chapter 2, let's continue the story. God places, his, he places the man in the garden, and then he says this to the man. The Lord commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Now here's something interesting. In other ancient accounts of creation, the, the creation accounts talk about how men were created and it was their job to feed, to provide food for the gods. But in the, God of the, in the Bible, we read about a God who is so good and so gracious that he sets the man in the garden and he provides food for the man. That is how good our God is. Amen. Yeah, that's a good place to give God praise. And God sets man in the garden and he says, you can eat from every tree you want. Just one. Keep your hands off of that one. And... Have you ever thought about this? God could have reversed it and said, you can eat from one tree. Keep your hands off every other tree. You have to eat from this one tree. But from the very beginning, we get a glimpse of the goodness and the graciousness of our God. God says you can eat from every tree, every single tree, except that one tree. And what happens? You know what happens. Adam and Eve eat from that tree, they lose control of their appetite, and we all know the rest of the story. And it seems to me that over the last two years, as a culture, we've kind of lost control <laughs> of our appetites. I was reading an article, you've heard of the Great Resignation. Well, I was reading an article about what they're calling the Great Regret that a lot of people have buyer's remorse 
from things that they bought during the last two years. In fact, in England, there's more than $9 million worth of products that are sitting on the sidelines doing nothing. Everything from hot tubs to pizza ovens to exercise bikes to gaming equipment. And in the U.S., they say that two-thirds of people that bought homes during the pandemic regret that they made the purchase. Can you believe that? But during the pandemic, it was such a strange time. Just all of our appetites seemed to get out of whack, whether it was spending or whether it was social media or whether it was Netflix binging or whether it was, well, I know when it comes to my appetite and eating, boy, I lost my self-discipline. I lost my self-control. But today is a day to take it back. I'm taking it back. Say that with me. I'm taking it back. By the grace of God, I'm gonna take charge of myself. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm committing in front of the church. First of all, I have a scale over here. Now, scales are scary things. In fact, I saw these two little girls that were on a scale. Can we bring up that picture? Don't step on it, they make you cry. But I'm gonna step on the scale right here and see what my weight is today. I'm taking my shoes off. And Joseph, let's put that number up on the screens. It's 188? I've gained weight from the last service. <laughs> my metabolism's really working against me. But here's what I'm gonna do, September 25th is about almost six weeks away. It's a Sunday, it's my birthday. And by the time I hit my birthday, I'm gonna be back by the grace of God and with your prayers, I'm gonna be back into the 170s where I need to be. Can somebody say amen? amen. Help me out, man. But I wanna challenge you in these next five or six weeks. You know, what got a little loosey-goosey when it comes to control? How can you control your appetite? How can you exercise your authority? The interesting thing about self-control is it takes more than self to get back your control. It takes Jesus. But if you bring your lack of control to Jesus, Jesus gives you back your self-control. So wherever you're at, don't be embarrassed or ashamed. Bring it to Jesus. And let Jesus help you to take charge of yourself. Exercise dominion. It's what we were created to do. I'm taking it back. Say that with me. I'm taking it back. And that brings us to the last way to think about having dominion. And that's taking dominion over the devil. I call it serpent crushing. Let's go back once more to the creation account. The serpent shows up. God has a good world. The serpent shows up, wants to make it a bad world, and it looks like the serpent has won. Be honest. It looks like the serpent has won. The very good world of God becomes a very broken world, and it seems like the serpent has won, but then God shows up right in the middle of that creation story, and he says something to the serpent, that the serpent is not gonna have the last word on our world. God is gonna have the last word on our world. Amen. <laughs> that one day a very special child is going to show up, and he says this about that child. He says, he will crush your head. You will bruise his heel, but serpent, he will crush your head. If you're comfortable doing this, how about if we get interactive in this moment? Would you just lift up your foot and just step down like that? He will crush your head. And that child shows up and his name is Jesus. And in his birth, life, death, and resurrection, something dramatic is going on. Don't miss what's going on. There's a battle going on between God and Satan, between good and evil. 
And that battle is crystallized and focused in the life of Jesus. But every time Jesus faces a battle with Satan, he wins. When he faced him in the wilderness of temptation, he defeated Satan and put Satan under his feet. When he faced the devil and demonic powers that were controlling people. He would cast out those demonic powers. And so Jesus once again crushed the head of the enemy. Jesus won. But the ultimate expression of Jesus' victory happens when Satan thinks he has Jesus right where he wants him. And he puts him on the cross and he sticks him in a tomb. But three days later, Jesus comes back from the dead and crushes the head of the enemy. Hallelujah. And look at what Jesus says. Jesus says to his disciples, if you're a follower of Jesus today, Listen to the authority that Jesus says that you have. I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to destroy how much of the enemy's power? How much of the enemy's power? All the enemy's power. Can we do that again one more time? Ready, everybody? One, two, three. All the enemy's power. So let me ask you one more question. Where has the devil been dominating your life? Maybe it has to do with discouragement. Discouragement is one of the main tools of the devil. It really is. And over the last couple of years, he's tried to get in the hearts and minds of people and discourage them. Because if he can discourage them, he's on their way to defeating them. It's one thing to get discouraged. It's another thing to give in to discouragement. It's one thing for discouragement to knock on your door. It's another thing to invite it in and let it have dinner. And today is the day. If you're fighting discouragement, I know what that battle is. Man, over the last two years, the enemy has showed up time and time again to try to let, get discouragement to take hold of my heart. And I had to exercise my authority and take dominion over the enemy and say, I will not get discouraged. I serve a God who's able to take what the enemy means for evil and turn it around and bring something good out of it. Hallelujah. On the count of three, can we crush the head of the serpent one more time? One, two, three. Oh, boy. Is that getting in your spirit? Pastor Seti and the team are going to come and lead us in a declaration of victory. But before they do, I want you to hear a prayer from a film. And let this prayer get into your spirit. It's time to exercise our authority. I don't know where you are, devil, but I know you can hear me. You have played with my mind and had your way long enough. No more. You are done. Jesus is the Lord of this house. And that means there's no place for you here anymore. So take your lies, your schemes, and your accusations and get out in Jesus' name. Jesus. And 
just in case you forgot he has already defeated you. So go back to hell where you belong and leave my family alone. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what it looks like to take authority. Hallelujah. Everybody stand with me, please. Before we sing, I want to pray a prayer declaration. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you have defeated the enemy. That you have given us power over, over the enemy. And today we choose to exercise our authority. Jesus, we give you honor and glory and praise. You are victorious king. And because you are victorious, we can be victorious. And so enemy, in the name of Jesus, we tell you to take your hands off of God's property. You take your hands off of our health. You take your hands off of our finances. You take your hands off of our joy. You take your hands off of our homes. They don't belong to you. They belong to God. Hallelujah. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Hallelujah. Daddy, lead us. Yes. Hallelujah.
of Jesus, Satan, get under my feet. Amen. Walk with an awareness of who you are in Jesus Christ. Exercise your authority this week in practical ways. I want you, I pray that you'll lean into that. A couple of things before I dismiss you. First of all, um, if you need further prayer, our team will be out in the amphitheater. We would love to pray with you and for you right after service. And then um, also out at the amphitheater, if you don't have to uh, go too quickly, you know, hang out for a bit. We've got food trucks out there. Uh, we've got uh, uh, one of our parishioners who's putting on the, the flower event this Saturday. She's out there. So it'd be a great time to just kind of spend some time with our family here at Cathedral of Faith. And you also may see dinosaurs roaming around the campus. So don't be afraid. And then next week, um, any baseball fans in here? Anybody? Any giant fans? Let me ask you. So one of the guys who used to play for the San Francisco Giants was a member of our church family, Travis Ishikawa. He's going to be with me next week. And so I'm going to preach, but at the end of my sermon, I'm going to talk about how he's living out his faith as a coach for the San Jose Giants. That's what he's doing now. And so he'll be with us next week. It's a great chance to, to bring uh, somebody with you that is a Giants fan and would love to have a chance to hear Travis talk about his faith. And then I've got something right here. Let's see, it's in my pocket. And I see over here, where's, um, right over here, there's a couple right over here that you guys, I want you to enjoy a night out to the movies. Uh, yeah, from the Cinelux theaters, they want, yeah. You guys go and enjoy, amen, amen, amen. Uh, I love our cathedral family, amen. Hallelujah. Oh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, may you walk with an awareness of who you are. Get your head up. Get your shoulders back. Take back your sparkle. I know who I am. And I know what I'm in charge of. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, all God's people said, amen. God bless you.